This is the main show, and you are listening to the Archery Maniacs Podcast. Podcast. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> this is Ryan Lampers. Hi, I'm Zach Kenner. I am Travis Nowatney. Do you suffer from target panic? Does buck fever have you shaking in your boots at the moment of truth? Well, check out. Iron Mind Hunting, Joel Turner's complete controlled process shooting program will take you and your shooting skills to the next level. Decide to succeed with Iron Mind Hunting. Joel offers online courses as well as in-person seminars. Check it out at www.ironmindhunting.com. Now, let's get into the show. I'm Brian Marshall, or Bam Bam, that everybody knows me by. Um... You know, grew up in a very, very small town in upstate New York, right on the Canadian border. So when I say New York, it's real New York. I'm not from the city or anything like that. And so, you know, and just the outdoors was just a way of life for growing up for us up there. You know, just hunting and fishing, I mean, big in the trapping. And, you know, and so it was just a great thing to do as a kid growing up, especially on the St. Lawrence River. I mean, we had the, an awesome flyway for birds. You know, we pounding geese and ducks all fall. And my dad wasn't a very big deer hunter or big game hunter because he just he just loved waterfowl mm-hmm. so i pretty much had to you know i had to either get some buddies dads to show me or i was just out there doing it by myself and kind of teaching myself what to do and you know knocking on doors and see if i could hunt people's fields and things like that and you know i grew up shooting deer and never shot anything you know i'd always shoot like spikes and does or what i it was just pure meat in the freezer growing up for us and yeah. so you know it was just, it was a lot of fun and grew up that whole lifestyle and fishing's just a, you know, especially on the St. Lawrence River, fishing's just second nature. And hey, you do it 24-7, ice fishing. You know, you're out there for pike and all winter long and playing broom hockey and four-wheeling on the ice. And, <laughs> you know, it was just a great childhood. And then I ended up joining the military. And when the war broke out, I ended up, you know, I was going to go play college ball. Well, at least give that an attempt. I probably would have drank my way out of college because I just knew myself. And then the war broke out, and that was kind of like my calling, you know. So ended up joining the Marine Corps and going overseas for a while. And then, you know, coming back and doing my thing. And it's just been a heck of a run. And then now once I got out of the military, you know, I was able to get back into the outdoors. And that's kind of what led me in the starting wishes and grew from there. And it's just been one one thing after another. That's awesome. Well, first off, I appreciate you and your service. Um, oh, you know, thanks, man. Yeah, you know, the things that you guys are doing over there to, to remain freedom for us over here, just, I mean, it's unspeakable, and we can't thank you enough, so thanks for that. Um, no, we appreciate it. Yeah, and then second off, it's kind of interesting hearing about you talking about doing that kind of outdoor stuff in New York, because I'm on the opposite side. I grew up in Wyoming, Um and when I, living in Wyoming, think of New York, I think automatically of millions of people, skyscrapers, no hunting, no fish, no nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I get it. I get that's what That's why I say it, because I'm like, I'm from New York. And people were like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, like real New York. And so people say upstate New York, but I'm we where I grew up. I'm literally on the St. Lawrence River. It was a 10 minute boat ride from Canada or a 20 minute car ride across the bridge and the borders. And, you know, and it, it's the most incredible area as a kid growing up. I mean, you have the St. Lawrence river, which is hundreds of miles long. It's, you know, 15 miles wide. There's thousands of islands. 
it's like our, we have a our family has a, a camp on an island that's been in our family for like a hundred years. So like all the generations have grown up over there. And, so you know, cool. so that so the second the ice goes out in the springtime, you know, we're putting the docks in and we're over there and we're on. I mean, and literally, if you go to the backside of the island, you could chip golf balls into Canada. Like we're right on the Canadian border. <laughs> and so, you know, and it is just the most epic place to grow up. I mean, we're just we're bow fishing and spearing all spring and setting traps and. You know, and catching bullhead, it, it, it was just like the the greatest childhood to grow up in the outdoors was that. And so that's when I tell people. And, I, and the funny part is, I've never been to New York City. I've never had a desire to go there. I don't blame uh, you. And like, <laughs> it, it's just it's just the way I grew up, you know. And it's I'm super hillbilly podunk town, and it's literally a village. I'm from the village of Clayton, New York, which is right by if there's any military guys watching, like right north of Fort Drum or 10th Mountain Division, and so. You know, and it's like the greatest place to grow up. So it's it's in your blood. Like if you, it, for the kids that are up there and they're like, oh, there's just nothing to do here. It's, you know, my brother and I, I mean, it was 24-7. We were never home. You know, we'd get home from school, drop a backpack and boom, straight down to the creek or out into the fields or, you know, it was just, I loved it. It was awesome growing up in upstate New York. That's so cool. So that, so the village, what, what was the population? I couldn't even, I don't even know. I couldn't tell you now. I mean, it, it really hasn't even grown since. I mean, yeah. I go home every now and then. They added like a street light and a little pharmacy, and it was like the big thing in town. You know, I think they got a Starbucks maybe, but it's like, you know, it's just like a grocery store, gas station, and that's pretty much it. I get but it. But it's, 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 it's a it's a little summer postcard town. You know, everybody yep. comes there for the summer and the visit and be on the river, and and then after that, it's like a ghost town the rest of the year. But it was yep. just for us, we loved it. It was awesome. Like, yeah, that's a better place to grow up. Yeah, that's like Bags, Wyoming, where I grew up. It's like a whole whopping 350 or 400 people, and we don't even have yeah. a stoplight, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and no, it's I the busy time of year is hunting season because everyone, in-state, out-state, it doesn't matter. It is just like swarming when it's hunting season. Then the rest of the year, like a ghost town, just like you're talking. <laughs> Yep. Oh, yeah. So you, you get it. Yeah. Yep. No, it's a good time. I loved it. I love little towns. Like, I wish I could move back there, but there's, there's just no work. You know, yep. it's just, I don't know. And plus, the winters up there are hell on earth. So, <laughs> you know, but hey, and then, you know, after getting stationed in California for a while, and then my parents were like, just come back here, bring the grandkids back. And I'm just like, I'm good. You know, like, I go back there and just freeze freeze my butt off and I'm yeah, just like, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll stick it out for a little bit so yeah but, now yeah, now you're in idaho right yep just moved the family to idaho um it was one of those decisions that i, I just didn't want my girls growing up in california any longer than they had to you know yep. those, i mean the school system where we were it was a great town but just california as a whole just wasn't for me and mm-hmm. you know i just it was just miserable there, and I ended up changing job careers and asked my boss if I need to stay here, and he told me hell no. And so I waited for my oldest to get out of school um, for the summer. She was eight at the time, nine now, and uh, as soon as she graduated out of school, listed my house, sold it, and packed the family up and drove to Idaho. Man, that's – Yeah, we were homeless. We were homeless for like four weeks, living out of hotels with two dogs, two kids, and it was just – a complete nightmare. I ended up like dislocating and tearing my knee because my little one fell in the shower. And I was just, this, this whole year has been a nightmare, but you know, <laughs> making it work and yeah. <laughs> trying to have fun doing it. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, it, it took us a while to get the house and situated and, but I mean, we didn't care. I didn't, I didn't care what was going on as long as we were out of the, out of California and um, in Idaho and starting a new chapter. So that's what, 
we really looked forward to doing. Way cool, way cool. And with your with your career, what it, what is it that you're doing for your career now? Uh, I work for a utility company, uh, Par Electric. It's a it's a, a huge utility company. So we got a big project starting up here, and uh, you know, and the company's based out of Kansas City, and you know, but you can I can pretty much work from wherever. And we got a big project starting up here in Idaho here this spring, and you know, it was just one of those things. I asked my boss, and he was like, "Go for it. If I need you, I'll fly you somewhere. Or you can just drive." And I'm like, "All right." I'm like, "I'm not sitting in California if I don't need to." So. <laughs> I did, you know, and the only reason I was stuck in California after the military is because I, I was doing executive security. You know, I went to Afghan for a while and did the whole thing with an, over at the embassy there. And then um, I came back and I met a gentleman and he gave me an opportunity to start an executive security company. And I started that up and ran it for like three years. And But it, that was I had to be based in California for that. And so the second, you know, I started looking at different careers and changing things and had an opportunity with a gentleman to bring me on with you know, this utility company, I was like, I'm out, you know, like <laughs> it didn't take much. It didn't take much to, uh, to convince the family to move and get the hell out of California and off we went. Yeah, for sure. So did, did, you know, as you started moving into Idaho and everything like that, did, did you kind of move back into also doing more hunting and outdoor stuff? Did Idaho kind of spark that? Again. Well, that was a big that was a big thing for us is obviously with me having the charity, you know, Wish Warriors, you know, we're, we were always here a lot anyways, up in this area, Montana, Wyoming, where I mean, we do a lot of hunts with vets up here. And yep. then I, you know, and I have a lot of buddies up here and company, they own companies in, in Boise or Idaho area. So, you know, we knew people coming here and, and that was a big factor of it was the the chance to get out and just hunt, you know, with how much public land there is here and all over the counter tags. You don't got to sit there and wait. And hope you draw every two or three years for a tag or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, and so that was the big thing. And, and, you know, I got out and I mean, I got here, we got here mid August and blew my knee out and still were kind of homeless. I mean, freaking moved into a house, I think like a week before the season started. <laughs> so, you know, and it was like, I'm trying to like unpack my bow and get my bow tuned and, you know, and I'm getting with Zach with beyond the bad country. And we're trying to get everything lined up. And he's just like, I'm like, you know, I called him the second I tore my knee. He's like, bro, there goes your season. I'm like, there's no way. Like, I'm not missing the season. I'm going. You know, so I'm like, yeah, I'm running these mountains with a busted knee. And it was just, hey, but you know what? You got to make it happen. I was like, I'm not missing the season. So, you know, it was it was quite the adventure getting here. And, you know, my little girls from moving here, my little girls did more this summer in just a few months or a few weeks than they have in like nine years in California. You That's know, so like just. Cool sturge and fishing and going up in the mountains and you just find a river or a stream and we just pull over and they'd play in it and you know and mm-hmm. showing them just bears and deer and elk and teaching them like all the things that how i grew up living you know with my dad showing me just everything there is to know and then in california it's like you gotta pay a hundred bucks to go into a campground and that you're camping on top of people and it's probably a dirt lot and you can't have a fire anyways because it's all a tinderbox in California. And it's like, you know, from going things like that to just jumping in a boat, going down a river and you find a sandbank and camp on it for a weekend, you know? Yep. And so yep. they're just, they're loving it. I mean, they're my little, my little city mouse and, you know, my oldest, I was kind of worried about losing her because she started like, you know, Oh, poor this or poor that, you know, uh-huh, see uh-huh. I was like, we got to get out of here. You know, but we got here and I move in and our neighbor, he's got a 10 year old daughter and she just killed a bear. She's killed all this javelina. Like, uh Oh,
first year this year. And, you know, it, it's just the best thing I've ever done for my family. So it was a lot of, it was a great decision. I'm glad we did it. That's cool. That's, that's so awesome to hear. It's, it's amazing what just simply a different environment to live in will do for not only yourself, but like you say, your kids and your family and everything like that. It just, Yep. And then, then they're just so much more enthused about doing it and being in the outdoors and all that stuff, and that makes it even better. Uh-oh. Are you there? Yep, I got you. Oh, lost there you, for you are. <laughs> I lost you for a second, too. Um, so – with like with the bow hunting, you know, you had mentioned that you're that you grew up and your dad wasn't real big into deer hunting, and you no. know, so when did you know when did you get into bow hunting and how did that kind of come about? It was two years ago. I was still in California and we started working with the Full Draw Film Tour, and John and Cody's when they were running it, we had one of our banquets for the um, for Wish for Warriors. because john's a big bow hunter and he's you know i was like hey like i'm looking i really want to get into bow hunting and you know because long range shooting is my thing i love long range shooting and hunting at long range i mean i killed both my deer this year over 800 yards each and it's just like that's what i love to do but Man, I wanted that's a, a long challenge. ways <laughs> yeah I, I wanted the challenge and you know i wanted to change things i mean just give it a try and so he ended up surprising us with a couple of bows and i just got into it you know and then i shot that that was uh, November, so I shot that winter, and then I went out and I killed my first bear in Canada that spring, and then I killed an, I've killed two bears so far, you know, in two years with it. And then this year, um, moving here, I was like, you know what, I'm going for it. I have no idea what I'm doing, where I'm going. Like, I'll figure it out along the way. And I had a buddy of mine, which if you don't follow, it's uh, Sterling Extreme Outdoors or Luke Sterling's his name. He's the 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 wolf killing whisperer. Oh, so, dude, isn't he? Um, <laughs> He's the dude's just a stud. He's a machine. So I, I get a hold of him and we're talking and I'm like, bro, I don't know what to do. Like where I'm even gonna go, you know? And and he's like, I got a spot. It's up by Montana. Like, just buy your tag for there and then just go figure it out. I'm like, all right, cool. And so you know, and that's what I did. I just I packed my bow, packed the pack, and I would just hike for hours up in there and set up spike camp and. You know, and it was like the greatest time ever. And I, I learned a lot by screwing up every day. You know, I just took it as like my very first day in this season. I walk. Well, the first opening week I hunted with Zach beyond the backcountry. He had an elk tag for down south. And then I just had a general deer. So, you mm-hmm. know, I was kind of there just to help them, him and his buddies pack out if we killed. And, you know, if we saw a deer, I was going to kill it. But, you know, so I hunted with him for the first week. But then after that, the rest of the season, I was on my own. I headed up, you know, north and that was it. And. I go up there in the middle of the week and I come walking in and there's, you know, this, it's like my number one cardinal rule is like, you know, you think it's another hunter on a, on a, on a bugle, you know, calling. And I always told myself like, don't ever, don't ever think it's another hunter. But the way this elk was calling, it was the same length, same pitch (laughs) over and over and over and over and over again. And I just thought it was a guy just going crazy on an elk call. And it was like super fluty and just, Everything was like so robotic about it almost, you know, it was like, yeah, it yeah. sounded like a, it, it just did not sound like a natural call. Sounded rehearsed. And I'm like, exactly. And yep. it, it was just calling, 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 it would not stop. And it was the same length, same everything. And I was like, damn, like, I'm like five hours from my truck back in here and <laughs> walking in. And, and I'm like, how the hell is there another guy right where I'm walking up in here? And so I'm like, whatever, I'll just go run into the guy and be like, hey, I'll take this side of the mountain if you want that side kind of deal, you know, just be mm-hmm. respectful for not putting on each other. 
I turn this corner of this like brush line and I turn standing there wallowing, staring at me like 40 yards with a giant five by five next to it. And I like freeze, you know? And I didn't like I didn't have an arrow knock because I thought I was walking up on another hunter, you know. So I'm just like I wasn't even being quiet. I'm just like kind of like hauling ass and turn the corner and boom, there's just two bulls standing at 40 yards staring at me. My first day when I walked up in this area, and I just like and they they didn't they were wallowing and so their heads were down. They kind of like looked up once they saw me and they kind of just walked off. And after that, the whole season was just crap. Like I hunted for like five more days. <laughs> I hunted for five more days and, you know, got on some elk and was, you know, I'm learning the whole everything, the ins and outs of the area and just, you know, the whole archery bull hunting. And, and so I go, I would go back. I could do about four days, five days on my own, like solo hunting before I start like getting super bored and losing my mind. Like, you know, just sitting there by myself. I don't know. I love being by myself, but I could just, I can only do like four or five days at a time. Mm-hmm. So I'd come back, spend time with my girls, see the family, then I head back out. Well, I head back out for my second trip, and it just dumped like a blizzard, dumped like twelve inches where I was at, <laughs> and the elk, the elk just stopped. They shut right off, and it was like, and that's how the rest of my season went. Like they would be in my camp at night, like ten feet from my tent, screaming, like would scare the living shit out of me at night. Like when one would walk in and just let a bugle rip, <laughs> and. At like three in the morning, and they they would be screaming all night around my camp. And then the second the sun would come up, it was like dead silent. So I hunt like two more weeks, doing it, freezing, soaking wet, miserable. I can't even start a fire. Like it was just brutal. But you know what? I was out there doing it. Like I didn't care. I was like, you know what? I'm the stars have to align. If I spend enough time out here, I'm gonna stick one. And then I come back for like my last week, and then Luke was, you know, Sterling Extreme Outdoors. He's like, bro, I'm coming down. Like, I'm going to help. I got the, the last week off. I've already killed my bull. And he's like, I'm going to come down and we're going to get on one. And he came down, and him and I, dude, that dude is a hiking son of a gun. Like, <laughs> I'm 260, 265. This dude is like, like built for hiking and running marathons. And I'm trying to keep <laughs> up with this guy. I'm dying, bro. We're like averaging 11 miles a day. Like just, it was just brutal. And, uh, and he couldn't, I mean, it was tough. He's just, I mean, we would see a bullet, you know, 90, hundred yards and it would, it wouldn't even bugle back to us. I mean, we'd be sitting there watching him and they just, they just shut right off. They, everything was just super weird. And so we ended up, I ended up going full draw one time on one bull and he never came through my shooting lane. He just walked right up and away and, and thick brush. And that was it for the rest of the season. I mean, but I mean, I was, I ended up losing like 30 pounds bow hunting 20 something days. And it was fun. That was a blast, man. And I learned a lot and, you know, just by screwing up and making mistakes. And that's, I mean, that's the only way you're going to learn, you know? So never quit, never gave up hunting until the last day. And that was it. And just, you know, but it is just, it was a blast. I have so many good memories and I hunted with, you know, with Luke and had a blast with him for the five days running his mountains. And, you know, he threw every trick in the book at him. We just couldn't get anything to, to work for us. And, but as part of bow hunt, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely. So. Yeah. It's, it's, and there's a lot to be said for someone like yourself where you just kept going. Uh, cause that's not an easy thing to do. It's not easy to keep no. going back every time over and over and over again when that thought's in the back of your mind, like, why why am I going back again? Like, it didn't work Oh, especially yesterday. when you have a five-hour drive. Yeah. I have a five-hour drive. And I'm just, like, driving for five hours, like, 
this better happen. I swear <laughs> to God, I'm done. Like, you know, but then it became like an obsession. It became an obsession for me. Like I wanted to like conquer this mountain and conquer a bowl, you know, and it was like, I have to do this. And it was just, it was one of those things where I was like, I, I'm not going to give up on this. Like, well, and then the second part, my youngest, every time she's, I'd come home, she's like, dad, did you get me an elk? Did you get me an elk? And she's three. And I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm like, fuck. Like every time I'd like come to the door, I was like, I'm going to have to answer this kid. And like, it was just brutal <laughs> looking at like her sad little face. And I'm like, I'm going to kill this kid, a damn elk. And she's going to, it's going to like make her life, you know, like that's all she wants is for me to bring her home an elk. And I just couldn't do it. And I would like come home like, God, like every time, like God, it sucks. And so, but, and so it was, it was tough, but I mean, you know, I just, I couldn't quit, you know, I did I, yep. my first year out here and I wanted to learn as much as I can, you know, I mean, I'm behind the power curve from all these guys that have grown up here running the mountains. They know every trick and you know, and then where to go and what to do and what not to do. Cause they've been doing it their whole lives. You know, they had their dads or friends or whatever show them and they've grown up doing it. So here I am like 33 years old, just moving here. And I'm just like, you know, I'm like, I got to learn, I got to catch up. And so I was like, well, I'm gonna spend the whole damn season out here until I kill one, you yep. know? And I'm in a way, like if I would, don't get me wrong, if I would have killed either one of those bulls the first day, I'd have been like, woohoo, like, well, that's great. That would have been <laughs> it, you know? But you know, now that I haven't killed them, you know, you got to look at it from a different point of view. It's like, I wouldn't have learned any of the stuff I learned this year. If I would just walked right up, stuck a bull first day wall in a wall on a big giant wallow and then packed that sucker out and been like, man, bow hunt's great. Like Idaho's awesome. You know, yeah, which yeah. I'm sure there's guys that have that luck and they're just, they're, they're done. That's it. Tagged out. But you know, I spent 20, I think it was like 24 days total um chasing elk and it's just it was brutal man like but hey stuck with it all the way to the very last day and called her quits yeah and and i'm the same way i i learned so much better as well when i go out there and i screw everything up all to hell and then i have mm -hmm. to step back and look and be like hmm what what could i have done differently because that obviously didn't work <laughs> oh yeah you know and then when you have somebody like luke that has you know killed 30 something bulls with a bow right you know it's it's you get a guy like him and then you know it's like one of those deals where you just i told him i was like look bro i'm gonna ask you a million questions like if i'm bugging you just tell me to shut up <laughs> you know because he, he's doing like everything the opposite that i've been doing the whole entire season like, why this why is why is that you know and people look at me and they're like oh dude you know like you're some expert hunter and i'm like i'm not i've never portrayed myself to be an expert hunter i just freaking love hunting and i'm always out there and always trying to kill something but then when I'm with these guys that have so much experience, it's like that's why I love hunting with guys that have that have been around the block a million times because they have these little tricks that I would never think about doing or, you know, and then they – I just – I ask a million questions. I'm just like, well, why this? Why that? You know, and then they fill you in. And I'm like, man, I never would have thought about that. Yep. You know, and it could be something so simple and they're like, oh, no, no, try it this way. And mm -hmm. I'm like – Oh, that makes total sense. Yeah. And they're like, and then, and then I asked them, like, how did you figure that out? They're like, oh, by screwing it up for so many years. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> you know, like, that's what I want to know. Yeah, you're like, and thanks so for the shortcut. With... Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's great hunting with guys that have a lot of experience. You know, I've hunted, I've hunted with buddies that were new to hunting and, you know, and we've hunted with expert people before and they just, they, they you need to op have that open mindset, you know, of yeah. to go in there and be like, and she's just like, all right, yeah, well, that's great. Even hunting with Zach, you know, it's just mm -hmm. this guy. He's Zach's a good run these too. Idaho mountains. Yeah, he's been running these Idaho mountains his whole life. So when he's like, hey, head this way or do this or check this area out, I'm like, all right, done. You know, I listen to him because uh -huh. guys know what they're doing. So, 
Yep. And I'm not going to come in here like, oh, hey, I'm the big boy on the block. I just moved here and I know everything. I'm just like, dude, I, I know nothing. I come in with like a clean slate and like, hey, I'm just going to learn all fresh from this area because I don't know anything about Idaho. I don't know anything about these this, these mountains or what to do and how to elk act. And so, you know, it's just one of those seasons. And so hopefully next year I can make it. I'll put it all back together and make it happen. But I think I think that's that's an awesome approach to have. You know, myself, when I go film for people, uh, not that I've done a ton of it. But when I do, it's generally somebody that's been hunting. You know, I'm 26 years old, so when I get to go film for somebody, chances are they've been hunting twice as long as I have. So yeah. I'm like filming and asking hundreds of questions just like you're doing because I'm the same way. You know what? Yeah, I've shot things with a bow. Whoop-de-doo. You know, but if I don't learn something every time that I go out, then it wasn't a success. You yeah, know? exactly. And, and, and it amazes me how willing – uh, people that have done it a lot are they're, they're super willing to help you out if they feel feel that you're willing to put in the work. <clears throat> yeah, and that's and that's a great that's a great part about the the hunting industry and people you know is that for the most part people are so willing to want, want to help. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying give up their spots and where they're hunting and all that, but if you have questions and and you just are clueless on certain things, it's just. People, oh man, try this, or hey, do do this, or try this call instead, or try, you know, it's there. So there's, that's one of the things that I love about the hunting industry is that so many people are willing to help you out if you have questions. They're like, what do you think about this caliber or these optics or whatever, and it could or this bow or what? It could come down to anything. There's always somebody out there that has used that product or mm-hmm. equipment or something for long enough to have a great, you know opinion about it and to either fill you in like hey i've been running this long enough but hey this one could be better or whatever you know and so that's what i that's what i like and you know it's it comes down to like especially when you're backcountry you know i mean i'm spending five days out of time it comes down to like oh this water filter does this or hey this this one man tent slider and there's so much shit i didn't even have a clue i was you know i'm green so i'm just like throw on a heavy pack and walk my ass off so i can't walk anymore like that was like my mentality going into it oh man 100 percent the same like i was taking cans of chili and like eggs and all sorts of shit that and I like look back now and it's just hilarious because I'm like, I would throw on an 80 to 90 pound pack walking in. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh-huh. Well, my thing was like, so when I hunted with our first archer, our first week of archery was with Zach and he's like, dude, like, he's like, and when Zach says something's like a death block, he's like, bro, this is going to be a hellhole getting in there. Like to your average guy, you, you know, like Zach's level of hiking is like beyond a normal guy yeah and so yeah. here i come from from california flatlander <laughs> and this dude takes me on a fucking death march it, it, he's like oh dude it's only like a three-hour walk in there we start like walking at noon and we didn't even get into like after dark probably because i was with them and i'm dying here i am like because our i had no time to train i just got over my i'm not even over my knees i just like brought an ace bandage wrap the thing up yeah yeah and this dude walks my dick off to like i i'm start cramping like like i'm just like zach like seriously dude like this is stupid you know and he's like bro we're almost there we're almost there and the famous and last words got, yeah he's, and so i'm just like it's so One like more we're, ridge. yeah yeah we get to that ridge this is not even oh my god and so 
we're literally like 300 yards from our campsite and both my legs lock up so bad. I can't even walk. Like, and we've been walking for hours and hours and hours at this point. And I'm like, Zach, I can't move, bro. Like, just go, I'll meet you there. Just give me a little bit. And Zach's like, yeah, I got you. And his, his buddies went ahead of us, started setting up camp and we sat there. He just sat there with me waiting. I like ate some like sardines and crackers. Like you got to get some salt in you. Waited like 30 minutes with me. And then we ended up finishing. And then, you know, after that, I was good. The rest of the hunt, I was good because we weren't doing this 10 mile death march with like my giant pack on. And it was just hilarious. So, I mean, I look back on it now and I'm just like, Jesus, dude, like, what was I thinking? And then, but that hunt got me ready for the rest of my season, you know? And after that I was doing 11 miles a day and, you know, I was prepared for it. And then once I got back, you know, Zach goes through and he helped me and he's like, hey, get rid of this, try this, do this, this filter, this tent, this pack, this, you know. And so, you know, he got me all lined up and it was, it ended up being an awesome season and made a lot of good friends out of it and a lot of ups and downs. I mean, Zach ends up killing a bull. He had one day to go elk hunting before his moose hunt and he... He freaking calls me. I'm at Walmart getting ready to get more supply. I'm at Walmart getting supplies to head back out for, you know, my, my hunt. And he texts me bull down and I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> and I, I call him. He's like, he's like, dude, I need you to help me pack, pack this bull out. I'm like, bro, I'm like, I'm leaving in the morning to go solo hunting like for four or five days. And he's like, yeah, that's great. I'll see. You. I'll drop you a pin. I'm like, you son of a gun. <laughs> and so he's like, I'm only three miles in. I'm only three miles in. I'm like, okay, that's not bad. So I f- drive like three hours to hit where he's at and I'm like hiking and you like get out of the truck and it's almost like sh- straight vertical up straight yep, from the yep. truck. Like just, I'm talking 10 feet into walking your hands and knees straight up. And so I get to like the top of this giant ridge and I walk for like three hours to him and I'm hauling ass cause I got to I got an empty pack and just, you know, and camelback. So I'm hauling ass. I got my dog with me. That's like 10 years old. Cause he's only three miles from the road. So he says, I end up getting to Zach three quarters of the way up this mountain. He shot it on the backside of this mountain, packed his whole bull up the backside of the mountain and, ha- and a quarter of the way down to the top and get to him. It's like 6.8 miles in from where the truck is. I'm like, dude, three miles my ass, and he's, like, dying, and I'm dying, and then we pack his bowl down, and we couldn't even get back to the truck. We bail off the other side of the mountain just to get to the hard ball. We end up getting a ride from these guys after walking for, like, three miles on the road. They finally give us a ride, and that was, like, a 15-minute truck ride, and Zach's like, oh, man, he's like, we had a lot farther to go than I thought, and it ends up being, like, this 11, or, no, it was, like, just over, like, 12-mile trip, and for, like, his... Three mile, and I'm like, oh my Pretty god, I get back to, to the truck. <laughs> yeah, and so I end up getting back to my house at like 11 o'clock at night. I pack up my food and head out the next morning for a five day solo hunt. I was I was hurting. That was a brutal trip, but you know he had one day to kill an elk, he shoots a spike, and then the next day left for Alaska to go to on his moose hunt. So that's pretty awesome. You know, it was. And that's what friends are for. You know, that's just part of the industry. That's what having good friends and, and knowing that there's guys there that, you know, now I, now he doesn't have a choice. So I have to call him anytime. He's got to come help me. Back yep, out, yep. After that one. <laughs> and, you know, so that's just, that's just part of the, the, the joy that you get out of all this, you know, and hanging out with good guys and, and meeting good people along the way. And it's just, a, it's been a blast. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it always amazes me that when you're asking the right questions, uh, another you know how willing people are to help you know so so rather than like 
going up to somebody and say, hey, can you show me where to hunt? You know, because I've talked about this with a lot of people that we get that question a lot. You know, oh, hey, God. Sh- you know, show me where, where do you go? You know, and I don't I don't like it's annoying. But at the same point, I don't blame people because that's one of the hardest things is to figure out where to go. Yep. So like and another like a better way to ask that is something like, you know, what kind of vegetation do you look for or what what kind of landscape do you look for or something like that? Because then they can then they can feel good about showing you what to look for on the map and not feel like you yeah. just want to go where they want to go. You know what I mean? No, exactly. And even even like with me, like I'll ask people, but it's at that time I'm like, look, don't tell me your secret spots or even where you're at. I'm like, just point me in a direction on a mountain where you know that there's elk or something like you're back up to a backup spot. And just tell me where to go. Like, you don't even have to like, Hey, go to this ridge and walk this Canyon and, and call in this draw. Like, you know, my thing is like, just tell me a general direction, like, oh, hey, up in this zone in the far northeast corner, there's been a ton of elk up in there, and blah blah blah. I'm like, perfect, and I'll just go figure it out, you know. Yep. And it's just that's that's how I try to do it, like, because especially when you move into a new area or you get a tag in an area that you just have no idea. I'm like, hey, like, I'm not, I, you know, and I know so many of these like just big time, not like social media, not famous guys, but like guys that are just legit killers. They're out oh, here dude, and they kill I big know. bulls, they kill big muleys every year, and there's, there's a lot of those, like, like, I call them, like, hidden gem guys, like, especially here in, like, Idaho. And you find these guys, and you go in their house, and they got fucking 15, like, 390 bulls on their wall. Yeah. And it's like, bro, like, who are you? Yeah. You know? And they're yes. just, like, and they're just, they're just killing sons of guns. And so, like, those kind of guys, I'm like, look, like, don't, don't tell me, like, your spot. Like, I don't, I'm never going to hunt somebody else's spot. I want to be able to work for it. But, like, just point me in a direction. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's yeah. kind of my thing. And I'll just figure it out. And with Luke, Luke, like my, Sterling, he like was like, hey, go to this park right here and just work this whole ridge line. Like this is kind of where they bed. But this whole mountain face is just like, just have at it. Just go and walk your dick off until you kill one. I'm like, all right, perfect. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, and so mm-hmm. it was just I figured it out. But, and that's yeah, like, I mean, that's like, I just love knowing mm-hmm. like, like guys that hunt that kill big mountain mule deer consistently. I don't, I'm, I'm like you, I definitely am not like, hey, you know, where did you go? It's more like, I just want to know what the hell they're looking for so that I can go yep. back to work and find my own spot. You know what I mean? And it's so much like more huge. rewarding that way. Oh, you know? way it's, more. Then just be like, oh, hey man, like, here you go. Like, here's my spot <laughs> going there and right at sun up, you'll just, you'll see one, here's you know? My and it's great. It's to my camp. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, and I've had guys help me that way, but at the same time, it's like, you know, when you see these guys, especially when you watch, like, these film tours and stuff, and they're hunting, like, these 190-inch full velvet, like, in the – I'm like, where is that? Yeah. <laughs> like, where do you find this spot? Like, what I the just, hell? You know, like, I just, I just want to see this spot where these guys are glassing, like, 200-inch full velvet muleys, and I'm yeah. just like, you know. But it's – one, I'm like, I'm too fat to even get up there, and two, it's like – I'm just like, God, it's so, I get jealous. Like, it's almost like envy of these guys that, you know, you see these videos and it's like, I would have shot a three by three or a giant two by two. Like, I'm like, just to be, to get up there and you're hunting like above the tree elevation where these giant, just old, old muleys are hanging out. It's like, I think it's like the coolest thing in the world. I want to yeah. do it so bad. Zach and I found a couple spots and we're going to go try and find them and get in there and do some scouting. But it's just like, you know, cause him and I, we just had this conversation a couple weeks ago where it's like, you know, him and I were like, bro, we've got to make that hunt. Like where you're above the tree elevation, you're mm-hmm. in like those big rock slides, and little groups of trees. And you see these giant, like ancient bucks that people just dream about doing. Like yeah. that's, that's <laughs> the one to do so bad. 
<laughs> oh man, I feel you. Well, I, I respect you a ton for going out and working that hard, especially on on your first year, man. Because I I've been bow hunting since I was like twelve, and and I know what it's like to go up there and just have to put in day after day after day. And on yeah. top of it, I was out there in that snowstorm, except for when it hit Wyoming. So I understand that shit too, because it snowed mm-hmm. an ass load here too. <laughs> oh yeah, everybody and people were like, "Dude, where are you?" You know, because like every, it's like seventy degrees here in Boise, and I just left, and like all my neighbors and friends are, we we're like, "Dude, where the hell did you go? Like, you were just here yesterday. How are you in like over a foot of snow?" And then Montana got dumped, and it just went right across all you guys. And you know, people had no idea. They're like, Dude, what, "What state are you?" And I'm like, "I'm in Idaho." They're like, uh, "It's seventy at my house right now." I'm like, "Yeah, now we're on that." Yeah, you know, so same way, same way. I was yep. hunting up in the up along the Yellowstone Park border. And it. <laughs> it was the exact same thing back because I, I live all the way on southern Wyoming near the Colorado border. And it's the same oh, okay. exact thing, you know, like super sunny, nice. And up there it's snowed like 14 inches in 10 hours. <laughs> it's like, what the oh, yeah. hell? <laughs> yeah, I left here like shorts and flip flops and just, you know, <laughs> drive up there and I get there and it's a whiteout. Bl- I jump out of my truck and this guy recognized my truck and he's like, bam and i'm like what's up man he's like what are you doing and i'm like going out cut and he's like he's like full parka like just <laughs> you know like they've been hunting and he's like where are you going and i'm like up there and he's like well who are you going with and i'm like by myself and he like looks at me like you're going by yourself up there and i'm like yeah why and he's like yeah you're out of your mind just come hang out with us at our camp and we just sit there and drink beer tonight and da 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 i was like I was like, ah, oh, dude, I appreciate it. But I was like, I got to get it done, you know? Like, I didn't drive five hours and <clears throat> sit around. Like, I want to I wanna do this by myself. And it was more of like a self, you know, accomplishment that I wanted to get that feeling. And But, yeah, I was, it was just hilarious. People were just like, where are you? you yeah. know? And I didn't have a clue. I was in board shorts and flip-flops when I left, and I drive into a blizzard. So Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> the hell is though. wrong with you? <laughs> exactly. But, but yeah, no, and I understand, like, that that drive and that want to to succeed especially knowing that you did it you know what i mean yep oh like, yeah that is so huge for me and and it sounds like it is for you too it's just the the feeling of the self-accomplishment and and everything that came along with basically what you had to put in just to simply achieve that is just it's an awesome feeling it really is, you know, and the stories that I, the things that I got to see and hear, and, you know, it's just awesome. You wouldn't do that, not, you know, sitting around and not doing it. It's just, you know, I could have sat there and been like, oh, well, you know, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Cause I got buddies that have done that. Like, well, I really don't know the area. And they go out a day or two and that's it the rest of the season. I'm just like, yep, I'm out, you know, like, see you later. I'll see you when I see you. So, yeah. And then, and then on top of that too, I've, I've had like once or twice where like, like uh, last year, for instance, is a good example. I went up and I was elk hunting, but and in that unit in Wyoming, it was a general deer as well. And mm-hmm. I'd been hunting up there for like six days, and it was beautiful weather, like the first three, and then it dumped snow, and it was like 14 or 18 inches of snow, and just freaking colder than hell, and it just was it just was miserable. So I went down a little lower, and I ended up shooting a buck, and oh nice, yeah. So I shot this <clears> buck, and I I packed him all out and all that crap. And I had, like, three days left to be in there, but I was, like, I, I packed out, because up there there's, you know, like Idaho, there's grizzlies and there's wolves and there's all this stuff, and I just was like, I'm just going to pack out 
everything, including camp, because I don't want to come back to his kill site in the middle of the dark. Like, it just seems dumb to oh, me. Oh, yeah. You know, so yep. I just packed everything out. I got back, and it, and it just, it was spent me, because I, I got back at, like, I don't know, 1 in the morning or something, you know. And, oh, yeah. And, I mean, you've done it. You get it. And I just was just, like, kind of burnt out the next day. I just needed a day to recoup. And, yep. and then the next day came up and I went up there and I found out that I had lost my pistol and all this other shit. So like, the, oh. like the, the shit storm just kept rolling downhill. But either way, I look back on that year and I'm like, you had three days that you could have gone and gave it more. And I look back yep. and, and I just was like, I don't ever want to feel like that again. I don't want to go on a hunt and look back <clears> when it gets over and be like, man, why the hell didn't I give it more? You know what I mean? Yeah, I would, I, I, I know exactly how you feel, you know, I would leave like a day early, like after being up to like four days and just being wet and miserable. And I still had like another day or two to hunt before, you know, I'd come back or whatever. And I'd come back a day or two early and be like, oh, man, I, you know, like I could, I guarantee I would have killed one today, you know, as I'm driving yep. back, like I should have stayed, yep. you know, I should have stayed up there an extra day, but you know, then I start kicking myself and then it's like, then I can't wait to get back there. Then I'm there three or four days and I'm like, Oh God, like, yeah. you know, I want to these extra two days. And then, you know, but it's just, that's just part of the game. Man. That's what that separates you. The, you know, the guys that are out there killing big shit from, you know, the guys that are sitting there talking about it. Yep. And that, and that's like, that's, that's a huge thing right there is, is that when you, when all, every part of you and all your fibers want to go home and be done, when you stick it out and you're there another day and you give it everything you've got another day, that, that takes a lot, but oh, when yeah. you make it happen on that day where you force yourself to stay there, you'll you'll never you'll always want to stay there one more day from then on. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I get it. Trust me. So no, it was a fun season, hard season, but you know I'm I'm excited for next year, and you know I'm going back to the game plan and back to the drawing boards, and hopefully we can make it happen. Yeah, for sure. So if there was if there was three things that you really felt. Um, this season, you know, your first hardcore season, uh, what what would maybe three of those things be? What that that you maybe learned or gathered or or you're just like, man, I'm not going to do it that way again. <laughs> um. Well, the one big thing was at first was trying to pack all the way in and out every day. You mm-hmm. know, like I just even not just with your normal gear and everything. Like I was doing such long days, so after a week and a half, two weeks of doing, or not a week, two weeks, but about a week, my first week of doing that, I was just so spent every day. And that's when the whole spike camp came into play. I was like, you know, well, maybe I should. And so that was a big learning thing for me. And then having to readjust my whole entire pack system to camp, to bring in, you know, cause it was so cold up there, you know, your, your big sleeping bag and your one man tent. So that whole, that was a big learning experience of whole spike camp and, you know hunting from there and trying to find the right area and you know having to have the water and and it, it, that was a big thing for me the another one was my number one rule was to never count out, out an elk call even if you know it's a human being you know like <laughs> to, to never count that because i would have tagged out the first day um in the second or the third one God, i don't there were so many you know mm-hmm. like so many mm-hmm. learning experiences but just to sit to slow down is my biggest one. You oh, know, like dude. I wanted to go, 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 go and cover so much ground. And my biggest one, like that it took me a while to settle in was just to slow down, to yeah. stop, to listen to, you know, to just, you know, it wasn't a race to me. It's like, I got to go. I got to get to this point or I got to get up there and I'd haul ass there. But I, you know, it was like, you'd cut that elk 
track where it's just super musky, you know, you could smell them. Yep. And I just come blowing into an area, and I'm like, shit, like, they were just here. Like, did I blow them out of here? But I would slow down, you know, so it was things like that. I, I would say that that was another big one was just, I need, you know, with me and just slowing down, taking it all in. Because that was a big thing that I learned with Luke, learning with him. He's just like, everything is, like, so precise with him. Like, every yeah. step he does, everything he does is for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and, and he's constantly looking, constantly scanning and would take a 10 step, stop, take 10 steps, stop and listen, you know? So that was another big thing would be to slow down and stop and listen more. So, but yeah. you know, part of learning that that's one of my, <clears throat> my biggest things is slow down slash patience. It's just like, go, go, yep. go. Just like you're talking. <laughs> yep. So I just, that's, I'm just, that's just me in general, like as you know, normal general every day. And so when he comes in the hunting world, it's like, completely different when you're you know backcountry like that and yeah. when you're backcountry hunt it's it's not like you just drive out and you sit in tree stand and like you you know that's it it's like you put so much damn work yep. into getting out there you know and it's like the last thing you want to do is screw it up yeah and, you know yeah. and then when you do screw it up it's like so much worse because you just you've had <laughs> weeks and months of preparation going into this and and it's just you know, it's just so much different when you screw something up when you're back there that deep. You're just like, God, you yeah. know, like definitely <laughs> never doing that again. Or like, or like when you, forget. this happens to me quite frequently. I look over and I'll see an animal and it's like, go right now. And I don't know. That, yes. I don't yes. know whether yes. it's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. You yeah. know, like, get over there. Like, I don't know if it's like. Uh, mentally, I'm like, what if he moves? What if he's not going to be there in, in 30 minutes? I got to get over there as quickly as possible. <laughs> yes. Like I have buddies. I have buddies like, yep, sat there and watched this muley for six hours. I'm like, I'm like bro, I don't even, for? I don't even watch a shooter animal for six minutes. I see it. I'm like, <laughs> wind direction, go. You yes. know, and it's like, and that's just, they're like, well, that's why you're not killing big things. And I'm like, true. But, you know, and it's like, <laughs> It's just it's fu- it's just fun for you know you know everybody so like some true. guys that they have that experience and those guys that sit there for six hours probably used to be us and would run right to try to put a try to put a play on something immediately and yeah. uh, it's like gotta go gotta go gotta go and my problem is I see anything that's legal I want to kill it you know so yep, when I hunt with yep. Zach when Zach and I are hunting like we have this joke where I have to give him my bolt to my rifle <laughs> because like. It'll be like a like a melee, like a little three point, and he's just, I'm like, bro, burning it down. Keep, where's my gun? He's like, you're not killing that deer. I'm like, dude, I'm shooting it. You know, he's like, you're not killing it. You know, so, um, you know, what I it was just funny. He's like, give me your bolt. Like, you're not. You know, when I hand you your bolt, you can shoot something. And I'm just, you know, so it's like a joke. Cause, you know, I just I, I'm one of those guys. Is like, I talk to these guys like, yeah, I passed up six bulls this year. I'm like, bro, I will shoot a spike. <laughs> I'll you know, shoot I'm anything like, that looks like a bull. <laughs> like, I will shoot, yeah, I will shoot the first thing that comes walking in, screaming by me, is getting an arrow, like, flung through it. And so, like, that's just my thing. And, you know, I'm not that guy that's killed enough thing, big big animals like that to be like, oh, yeah, I passed up six bulls. I'm like, fuck off. You know, like, I just want to see six bulls, let alone pass them up. I'm like, you're out of your mind. Oh, man, my Colorado hunt, or my South Dakota hunt that I just got back from when you and I were talking and trying to set this up it was that exact same way like i had seen one mule deer buck on public land and i stalked in got 53 yards something happened he went the wind was blowing like 40 miles an hour and it was swirling down where we were so i don't know smelled me or saw me whatever he took off 
So we're on our way out, and I'm just we're just driving down the road, and every once in a while I'm looking over at Onyx Hunt Maps as we're driving. And I'm like, dude, there's a big piece of public. Let's pull over and just look. So we pull over, and I start looking, and I'm like, deer, 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 deer. I'm like, holy crap. There's all these deer right here. So I'm like, let's go. you know. And I start going down there, and I just freeze. And I'm like, you know, I should probably glass this hillside right in front of me before I walk by, yeah. that, before I walk by that hillside and wrap around and try to get those other deer. I look right in front of me. And there's, like, four bedded deer, a bedded buck, and all this crap right in front of me. I'm like, what the hell? So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, so I snuck around, and I ended up shooting that buck. But it was the exact same thing we were just talking about. I was just like, okay, there's deer, let's go. And then I just – and then it hit me. I was like, no, I need to look around a little more first. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And see, so that's that's just it. You know, you've learned enough where you're like, wait a minute. No, I've screwed this. I have screwed this situation up too many times before. So <clears throat> that was my thing with antelope, you know, with archery hunting antelope. And yep. It was just like, you know, Sterling, I was up hunting by him up in Montana and he came down. He he had a, uh, a 900 tag so he could hunt statewide. And I had a certain zone that I was hunting and he came down and he, I'd be like, dude, fuck, let's go. And he'd be like, wait, like, hold on. You know, like, let's get the lay of the terrain. Like, okay, it's headed this way. We got it. And it was just, you know, that's me though. I'm just like, let's go, let's kill it. You know? And it probably doesn't help being like a long range shooter guy. Yeah, like I could yeah. just shoot. I can see that. I'm just like, I'm like, all right, let's just get in a position, you know? And just like <laughs> this year when I shot those two deer, it was like, we didn't have to move, you know, I shot <laughs> both them deer and it was just, that's just how it is. So I think that kind of hurts me when it comes into, bow hunting it's like you know because i'm not used to having to be like okay let's sit here and watch this thing for and see where it goes and let's watch it bed i'm like fuck that like this thing's <laughs> 700 yards boom like it's dead you know we're so, gonna go kill some now, shit <laughs> yeah I'm like i'm here to kill things you know stack bodies not sit here and watch something yep so, yep that's why it's good to hunt with guys and, with patience because they, they slow me down yeah and and i've noticed that too because like I'll, i have uh you know i'll have a late season cow elk tag or whatever which i generally hunt with a rifle and yep. I'm way more like you're talking then. I just like I'm going now purely to kill something. Like there's no looking at it more than once. There's no let's do this, let's do that. I see. Which is usually me. <laughs> that's usually me ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, like, I can I'm imagine, like, I'm not, especially being long I range. Not, <laughs> I'm not one of those guys. And like you know, I'm I, I'm not gonna sit there and bullshit people and be like, oh, I just you know I'm out here to look and watch and enjoy. Like no, like. <laughs> I want to kill things. Like, I'm here to kill. I just spent $400 on a fucking deer tag. Like, I'm burning something to the ground. You know? <laughs> like, and, that's where, and that's where Zach's like, no, dude. Like, it's the first day you're not shooting a three-point. Like, no. Like, put your gun back. And I'm like, all right. And I'm like a little pouty kid. Like, right? Right? That's – You know? And so, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, and I'm like yeah. look at that receipt for that tag. And I'm like – I don't give a damn. Come the last yep. day, it doesn't matter. I am killing something. See, like, it's not even the it's not even the last day for me. It's like <laughs> the first day, and like and then I get yelled at by Zach or Steve or whoever I'm hunting with, and then they're like, and then I'm like a little pouty kid. I'm like, fine, whatever. Like throw my binos and like I just sit there. Like I'm like you glass then. I'm not even looking at anything because I want to kill it all. <laughs> so that's so I'm not even kidding. Yeah, that's like how it is with me. And they're like, no, like that's where it comes to like. I give Zach my bolt to my rifle. So he's like, here's your bolt. You can shoot it. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, dude, that's but awesome. I think, I think if you and I ever go hunting together, we'll, we'll definitely probably tag out in the first day. 
Oh yeah, if there's nobody there to tell me no, I that's people are like, dude, have you never shot a trophy animal before? It's like, cause I'm I'm that okay. This is the, me in a nutshell. If I'm sitting somewhere like, and I'm a little bit cold, the first <laughs> thing that comes in, I'm like, boom, burn. I'll just shoot the first thing I can if I'm cold. I'm like, well, going back. Or if I'm hungry, boom, I'll shoot something. I'm like, I'm starving. Let's get out of here. You know. <laughs> so it's like I never like that guy. Like, will sit there for like two weeks straight waiting for something i'm like nah i ain't got time for this like it's time to get back and, and eat some lunch it is just i just it's just like a big ongoing joke with all the guys that i help with because i'm always like complaining and bitching about something like i'm starving let's go and they're like dude just wait so but just try to have a good time we've only been here five minutes <laughs> yeah so like zach carries like extra cliff bars he's like here eat a cliff bar like, shut up Sit down, shut up. I'm like, all right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. Well, yeah, that's try to have fun. Yeah, that's good. I, if you're not out there having fun, man, you definitely aren't not doing it right. And it sounds like you're doing it for the right reasons. You know, you're doing it because it, oh, yeah. it challenges you, and that's that's and you want meat in the freezer. That's that's super respectable and awesome, man. Um, oh yeah, yep. So with with your wishes, uh, everything like. You know, tell tell us a little bit about that and how how it became and and you know how if there's any way that that listeners or myself or something can help out, um, I'd like to know all about it. So, wishes for warriors. I started it um, three years ago, coming up on our four year mark. Uh, I lost my best friend in Iraq, Lewis, and he joined the army. I joined the Marine Corps, and he got deployed uh, two months ahead of me, and he ended up getting hit with an ID. Uh, right away without being on the ground for, I think he was like in Iraq for like 72 hours. He got hit and killed. And so, you know, from there we were just kids. I was 19 at the time. <clears throat> so, you know, I always knew I wanted to do something to give back. And then I did my deployments and I, you know, saw what a bunch of my buddies had to go through. And, and then, you know, once the war and a lot of the guys were coming back, you start seeing more and more of it. You know, these guys suffering and, and kind of just rotting away and, not saying that they're forgotten about, but, you know, kind of just there's so many or guys put on the back burner. And, you know, I was, I was up in California with a good buddy of mine. We were hunting pigs, which hunting pigs in California is hilarious. It's not like Texas. Like you're actually like spot and stalking like on these huge mountains. And it was just, it's just crazy out there. And we're having a good time. And we're at the top, like this huge, huge mountain. We had climbed up all day and we're glassing for these big boars. And I'm sitting there and I was like, you know, like, why don't I have a vet here? I'd, I'd much rather bring somebody that has been through hell and back and, you know, or, or doesn't think that he has the ability to come up here and do something like this, you know? And then my buddy had a big outfit up there and I'd, I'd go up there and guide with him and, and help him out and on, you know, downtime would go up there and just, you know, hunt and shoot the shit. So he's like, you know what, dude, he's like, you, you bring the guys up here. We'll, we'll put them on pigs or deer and we'll kill stuff. I'm like, all right. And I go home and I sit down on the couch and see a wounded warrior project commercial. And I was like, you know what? that's it. Like I'm doing my own thing. I'm going to do it for the right reason. And it was just kind of like a thing at first where we wanted to help out like four or five vets a year. You know, it wasn't a plan to, to grow it into something huge and help out, you know, a hundred guys a year kind of deal. It was just, it was legitimately like, you know what, I'll just do a little GoFundMe or raise some money and take some guys hunting. And mm -hmm. it just blew up. I mean, it, the, the support from the hunting industry and the two a world, I mean, it's been absolutely insane. And, you know, we work a lot with Mule Deer Foundation and, and, you know, and those guys help us out a lot at their expo. And, you know, so it's kind of just blown up into this big community thing now where, you know, I got guys that are reaching out all the time. Like, hey, I got these tags. Like, we donate this. I got, 
I've been, you know, we just had a guy this year that up in uh, Wyoming, he's been putting in for like six or eight years for this tag, for this bull tag, and he finally drew it and he donated to us. You know, Dang, he was a vet himself. That's awesome. And we, yeah, we had a, we had Jay came up there. He was an amputee marine, and they're both marines. I didn't get to go on the hunt, and then, uh, but you know, these guys were up there and they had a blast, and he shot a giant bull, and you know, it was just it's things like that, you know. And so the, the communities come together. We do a lot with Jana Waller with Scrollbound TV, and, and she takes out a guy or two every year, and you know, it's just turned into something that's been awesome. And it's it's a lot of work, and you know, like right now, uh, we just got that delivery from Under Armour. I mean, we got sixteen pallets of clothes of cold weather gear from from under armor sent us and it's it's overwhelming but you know we do a big wishes for warmth campaign that we do and we help clothe um you know veterans in need and homeless vets <clears throat> things like that and, you know we send out big giant pallets and truckloads of clothes to other organizations that that's what they do is they focus on homeless vets and you know so we're helping out other organizations at the same time because our, our main goal is to take combat wounded vets and get them back in the outdoors so, you know, teaming up with Under Armour, you know, they do it a couple of times a year where they send us just truckloads of these leftover clothes or things that didn't sell. And so then we're able to give back to the community and the veteran community in that way as well. So, you know, we're just trying to do it all and do it for the right the right reasons and, and not waste money on stupid advertising and commercials and paying celebrities and things like that. You know, we're just mm-hmm. a bunch of good old boys doing it and trying to have a good time, you know, have a good time along the way. And so. So, you know, it's been it's been good. It's been it's been really great. And, you know, it's it's a lot, a lot of work. A lot of people ask me and hit me up all the time. They're like, hey, man, like I'm looking to start my own organization. I'm like, don't don't do it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I, I was in your shoes. I thought it was gonna be something just cool at first. But unless you're, you know, you're 100 percent dedicated to it. I'm like, I tell them, like, find an organization that's doing the right thing. And for everybody listening, you know, just because you see a celebrity or a vet talking about it doesn't mean they're a great organization. You know, I tell I tell everybody to like research and Google it. Every there's websites out there that rate and and judge other organizations on where they spend their money, where it's going, how much percentage of it's going back to the organization. And people really need to look into that. You know, they see, you know, they'll put a kid that looks like he's starving and dripping it out of a mud puddle, but in reality, like eight cents out of a dollar could be going back to that actual cause, and the rest of it's going to in the pockets of the CEOs and things like that. You know, and it's yep. the same with these other big giant military organizations. You know, the guys are wasting twenty eight million dollars on personal expenses and things like that. It's just I don't want to name drop on these charities, but it's just things like things like that people need to look into. But they see a guy, they get a, a veteran that's you know have brain injuries and, and amputees and they're in comas and these things, and they put them on these commercials and people feel bad. But at the end of the day, the presidents are taking millions of dollars or they're wasting it on parties. And it's just it's frustrating, you know. So with us, it's it's we, we've been 100 percent nonprofit until this year. And then so what we're doing is we actually hired on disabled veterans and we're giving them jobs now just because we've grown. You know, we've grown this charity. People think Wishes is a giant, huge charity. We run it out of our living room in our house. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's the reality of Wishes. There's four of us running this thing. So, you know, we've hit our ceiling a what we're able to do and so now we needed help so now we're bringing on wounded vets we're actually able to employ wounded vets that are sitting at home like really not doing much so now you know and the best part is they have their disability ratings and they get you know things like that so you don't need to pay these guys huge amounts of salaries a year they just enough to you know to help them out and help their families out and they're doing all this extra work for us so it's turned into something that 
we wanted to help out five guys a year. Now we're helping out a hundred wounded vets a year and now able to employ wounded vets. And so it's just, it's growing every year and it's been a lot of fun and we've had a great time doing it. It's a lot of ups and downs, but you know, at the end of the day, we're putting a lot of smiles on wounded vets faces and that's all that kind of really matters for us. That's way cool, man. And then I, and I really respect how you were, you know, really prominent on doing it for the right reason. <clears throat> Cause I, I just agree that there's, and once again, not going to name anything wrong, even even as low as or even as small as other podcasts out there that I see just not doing things for the right reason. Oh, yeah. And I, and I just get it. It's super frustrating for the people that are willing to go the extra mile and do it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. So I get it and I respect that a lot. I really do. <clears throat> and it's and I can see, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. And I mean, like yesterday I had um, several people come over and it's like, you know, here we are dealing with this clothes i mean you're putting in 12 hours a day on the weekends and, and people are like my neighbors are like and you guys don't take money from it like why aren't you guys making this up and then i didn't start it for that like i'm not mm-hmm. going to start an organization to help my brothers and sisters out and then you know I, it could be to a point years down the road where i could if i wanted to but it's like i don't need to and you know i'd rather i'd rather employ you know a wounded vet that can use the job and to have something to do instead of just sitting at home all day and you know that's that's where i'd rather it go and then you know it's just i just tell people i'm like research 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 your organizations that you're going to back and people all the time they're like well what about this charity i'm like oh they're crap they're like why and i tell them like holy cow we had no idea Mm -hmm. you know and i'm like because you because you see mark Wahlberg on a commercial and it's like well, yeah. what do you think they just paid? What do you think they just paid him to go and film a commercial? Right. And they're not doing it for free, you know. Like, yeah. So it's people are like, oh, I never thought about that. It's like, well, that could have been money that they could have put into a, a vet, you know. So mm-hmm. that was my big thing. I want to I want to keep it as pure as possible, and and you know, just have fun doing it, and and that's why you know it's cool that Under Armour, you know, dumped their big organization and, and ended up calling us and was like, hey, like. We want a grassroots charity. We, we see the smiles that you're putting on veterans' faces, and that's what we want to back. And, and here we are, you know, and we're like, well, you have no idea how grassroots we are because we run this out of our living room. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, yeah. oh, perfect. You know, like, that's what we want. And so for them to send us 16 pallets of these jackets and clothes, I mean, these jackets alone are $200 a piece, and mm-hmm. there's thousands of them. And, you know, and it's like for them to know that, to know that they're going to they're gonna help out and their, their footprint, they're reaching and, and touching everybody. And they, that's what they want, you know, and they see that. And it's, if we weren't doing the right thing, it, they wouldn't, I mean, they wouldn't even bat an eye at us, you know. So yep. things like that and the companies we're working with, it's been great. It's been a, lot, a really good run. I've got to meet a lot of awesome people and a lot of awesome companies that support the veteran community and, and just want to get guys out there and shooting things. and have. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, so. like where you're talking about being able to uh, – to give them, you know, job opportunities, employment opportunities. I think that's so awesome because, you know, it's, it's basically giving them a purpose. <laughs> and that's it. I mean, all of these guys want at the end of the day is they want to feel. So even if it's just to give a guy a list of a hundred vets and here, go through these guys and vet them. Make sure they got all their information. Make sure their paperwork's done right. They're, they sit and they love it. They, they'll do that. Or like, hey, I need you to go on this trip. I got a bear hunt. I need you to take a vet out. And these are guys that have been through our program. They started as like a vet that went through and needed help. Now they're taking guys out on trips. Yep. And it's, you know, and it's awesome seeing the, the circle completed. You know, like, hey, we got this duck hunt. We need you to take six guys to Texas and 
kill a bunch of per- pigs and birds for a weekend. Perfect, man. I'm on it. And then they, yeah. they text me, like, dude, the guys are having a great time. They're pounding birds all this morning. We're going pig hunt tonight. Or, hey, the guy passed on a bear this morning. You know, and so now they get to be part of the program. They get to fulfill, like, or they get to feel like they're actually giving back. And it's yep. just, it's cool to see the, the circle completed, which is very important for us. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and what's, uh, what's your guys' website? It's www.wishes4warriors.org. So it's wishes4warriors.org, but it's the number four warriors. Gotcha. So people can go on there. And right now, if anybody that's listening right now, we actually do need a lot of help with this Under Armour since we're shipping it all. Just every five bucks that's donated goes towards shipping a package to a vet in need. So we've we've had a lot of people, especially on social media in the last couple of days since we've gotten all this, people are like, how do we help? How do we help? You know? What we need is every five bucks we're saying is roughly it costs about ship, you know, these jackets and clothes and stuff like that is what we're putting back into instead of taking from our funds of, you know, what we have allocated for the trips for the rest of the year. So what we're going to do is go out and we're actually going to put it out there. And if anybody wants to help for the next couple of months, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be taking the funds from that and using it to ship out because we literally have thousands of pounds of clothes that we're going to be shipping. So awesome. If anybody's anybody's interested, every five bucks, you know, and that's just it's just an easy way, you know, ten bucks you'll help out two vets. We're just gonna ship it out. A lot of female vets. We have a lot of female clothes that, that was donated, so you know, we've had literally probably we have two thousand emails that we've gone through the last couple of days of vets in need, and so we're trying to get everything, all the packages put together and shipped out here in the next month. Hopefully, we can get it all done. So we have a lot to do. That's that's wicked cool. Yeah. So everybody listening. Head on over. Remember, it's wishes for the number four vets.org. Uh, head on wishes over. Wishes for warriors.org. Wish, yeah, wishes for warriors. Remember the number four, not F O R, number four. Um, yeah, so awesome, man. So now, kind of on to the next thing. Yeah, one thing I, after another. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. You know, it's better to be busy than bored all the time. Yep. So, oh, yeah. uh,. Tell us a little bit about Wild Chaos and where the hell that oh. came from. <laughs> Bro, okay, so this is – Zach and I still don't even really know what Wild Chaos is, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, so, no, I was sitting there one day, and I was like, man, like, I'm always doing fun things, and I'm always having a blast, and, like, people are always like, you need to start a brand, you need to start a brand, and I, ne- I don't want to start a brand. You know, like, it wasn't, like – you see these people and they have their own name and their own brand. And I think that is like the dumbest thing in the world to me. No offense if anybody has one they're listening, but you know, so I, I was sitting there, I was like, you know, we're always doing fun things and the way that the hunting industry is now, it's kind of, it's kind of letting me down in a lot of ways that guys are scared to show kill shots or they're scared to go out and show like the real fun parts of hunting, you know, going out, hanging with the boys, Drinking a beer, you go out and killing pigs and killing deer, whatever else, you know, like the that people are doing, but nobody's showing it. They're all, every, it's so PC now. Everybody's so worried about offending these anti hunters and and all this stuff. So I, I went to Zach, beyond the backcountry, and I was like, bro, like this is what I'm thinking. Like, let's partner up and let's just start a brand where everybody can just come together. If somebody's out there and they shoot something in the face, they don't have to be scared. They can send us a picture and we'll post it. Or they send us a video and we'll post it. Like, you know, where there's out there with their kids, they're having fun and like letting their kids shoot squirrels and, and other pages are too worried to post it. Hey, we'll put it up. Like, you know, like we want to see pictures of bloody hands and, and, you know, a pig over somebody's back or somebody dragging a deer out. Like that's what we want to do. Like, and, and 
people think like wild chaos is gonna be like crazy out of control. It's not. It's just being in everything. And think about it. When you're in the wild, everything that you do pretty much turns to chaos. At least with us, like something screws up every time. You trip and fall, <laughs> blow out a deer, you fall in a creek. You know, like you fall out of a tree. Like something just always goes wrong. Like always. nothing is perfect. Like like all these shows, they you see these shows and these these videos and it's like everything's so perfect i'm like where are these guys hunting like nothing ever works perfect for me <laughs> everything is just pure chaos you know and it could just go toward anything you know like we're we were elk hunting and there was a stream and the the sockeye were up there spawning and we have like these kids in the creek and like these kids are smashing fish or trying like falling in and we're saving it was just pure chaos we're like bro this is wild chaos you know and it's like those situations where you're like you're just like it's a complete shit show but it's like a better word for it. it's just wild chaos yeah. you know <laughs> and so you know and like that this is what it is you know when you go in there and you're, or you're it's just it's just the fun parts of the outdoors that people are scared to show and to put out there because they're so PC and they're worried about offending people. It's like we don't care. Like I don't care if you're offended. Go follow somebody else. There's, I'm sure there's a brand out there that's pretty lame and doesn't show killing shots. And there were even these celebrities. I see these celebrities and they won't even show kill shots. Or it's like it's too bloody. They won't post a picture. I'm like that is part of hunting. You're killing an animal. You're harvesting an animal. Why are you scared to show it? Yep. You know, and it's just. People are so worried about what other people wor- think about them and they're going to lose followers or whatever. It's like, I don't care. I'm going to build a brand off of real people, dudes that are out there having fun, taking their kids out and showing their kids how to hunt and field dress and gut a deer and, you know, smash a f- fish with a rock. And it's like, I don't like that's what America, that's what we were built on. This is America. You know, it's like, let's go out, kill things, have fun, show our youth how to do it and like just have a blast doing it. Like that's kind of the end of the day. And, and there's a lot of other things that we're, we, we have in the works for wild chaos that we just haven't put out there yet a lot of a lot of things we're gonna do is we're gonna work with the youth you know we want to do a lot with kids take kids out for the first time hunts we want to do you know we got a couple of cow elk hunts planned for this late winter with mule deer foundation we're gonna go out and take some youth out and let them shoot a couple cow elk in the face and just show them the ins and outs you know just have a good time doing it so pretty much at the end of the day it's just wild chaos is for all the good old boys that like to sit back have fun shoot a doe in the face and and, you know and watch other people do do it and so Kind of, it's kind of what we're about, you know. We just want to have fun. It's just having fun, you know, and not scared to show things. The and, real you shit. Know, exactly, <laughs> like it's exactly it. I did. I posted a video. I shot a deer in the face last year with my bow. Obviously not on purpose, but man, that's all over YouTube because it's what really happened. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and it's like you know we don't want to go out there and show like. Just, you know, I mean, there's things that aren't like the best and they're kind of, you know, that for, for social media, but you know, at the same time, like things happen, you know, and it's like, we're not going to reenact the shot, you know, you shoot an animal and you track it. And, you know, I just posted on, on my personal Instagram, I shot a pig, like a point blank with a pistol and like people are freaking out about it. They're like, you can't kill a pig in one shot. It's like, it's hunting, like nothing's perfect. You know, and it wasn't even me. I didn't, I didn't even shoot the thing. We had some clients out there that we were letting them thermal hunt and they shot the hell out of these pigs and i went up and they i mean it probably was dead or dying but i put a round in the back of its head and it's like people are freaking out over it. i'm like you're freaking out because you've never seen this or that yeah. because people don't ever post this stuff because you're too worried about it you know and it's just so that's kind of like what wild chaos is cool. we'll see where it goes i mean we got a lot of good traction a lot of people are supporting it and you know we're gonna come out with some funny apparel and and so people can all relate to it and just 
just have <laughs> at the end of the day we just want to have fun and want to bring everybody else we just want to we want to tie the community together we don't want there to be a separation from like western hunters versus whitetail hunters out east there are you know like things like that there's a division in the hunting industry where you can see like Oh, like even though we're big Western backcountry guys at the same time, we're going to go pound deer in the East Coast or, you know, if somebody wants to go shoot a crazy ass animal behind the high fence, we'll do it. Or we want to go kill turkey like there's we just want to do everything. We want to hunt it all, kill it all, however we can, you know, yep. and then there's, that way everybody can relate in their own way. So 100 percent kind of where we're at, you know, just we just want to sh- just bring the community together. If somebody wants to go out and shoot a deer a deer stand fucking send us a video of that blood pouring out of it it's just peeled open you know if you want to go out and shoot a muley at nine thousand feet send us a video you know so that's kind of where we're at with it that's awesome and and i and i completely understand wanting to bring the community together because that's the same thing that we do with the podcast i don't know another podcast that covers as much hunting and tournament archery as we do because to yeah. me it's archery man like there's no reason that the tournament archer should be like oh hunting's stupid why the hell do you do that and there's no reason that hunters should be like tournaments are for fags like yeah. it just shouldn't be like that we're all shooting bows because we like shooting bows like come on <laughs> yeah it's just everybody's ego man that's the that's the one little downfall you get some guys like oh you, you didn't kill oh you didn't tag out this year like it's like no i didn't bro but it's like i'm it's not my i didn't do it on purpose trust me yeah. i don't want to lose 30 pounds i don't even call it bow hunting i call it bow hiking and it's like you know it's just trust me dude if i got an opportunity i've got to kill something and, you know, then you get these guys like, oh, you rifle hunt, like shooting something at 800 yards isn't sport. It's like, really? Because I'll put you behind my gun. I'll dial the rifle for it. And I guarantee you won't make that shot. Right. You know, exactly. especially in conditions. And it's like same thing with I know guys that missed a miss bulls at 15 yards yep. you know but there's a challenge behind it but it's like you know and i get it i know guys that have missed rifle rifle hunting i know they've missed deer at freaking 100 yards which is nothing that's a chip shot you know and so it's like to each their own i mean if you, if you at the end of the day if you just want to go out and have fun and spend time in the outdoors and show the next generation what it's about like that's what i'm all about i could care less if you freaking spear something or kill it with a goddamn slingshot like hey kudos to you bro like you know i'm all about it like, dude i've tried like hell to kill shit with a slingshot and i'm not worth a shit yeah. at it so if somebody's yeah. out there doing that of props <laughs> i know i just i saw a picture the other day of this kid holding dough up with a slingshot i'm like i unless i see a video of it i'm not gonna buy it but <laughs> you know hey if the kid posts a video of him smoking a dough in the face with like a freaking ball bearing and it dumps it i'll be like i'll send him a wild chaos shirt you know <laughs> And I will repost that video. <laughs> like, yes, I, I will promote the hell out of that kid because it's awesome, you know. So, but it's just things like that, you know. Like, who cares? Like, go on, have fun, man. Like, everybody, everybody's like got some ego that they, oh, well, I killed this with a bow, but I don't even, I don't care. Like, whatever. Like, dude, if you kill things, badass, awesome. I'm all for it. Yep. I'll be the first minute. I suck at bow hunting, but you know what? I'm never gonna quit at it. I love it. It's fun. But exactly. Hey, good job. So man, yeah, you're it's having just, fun. That's, that's half the battle. So, well, dude, I dude, we have too much fun. I think it's a problem. <laughs> I think that might be a reason why we don't kill anything. We're always screwing around. I mean, we were just hunting. I I had bought my dad a uh, an elk hunt in Colorado. My dad couldn't end up making it, so Zach and I went on. I don't want to leave the outfitter hanging, you know. And so uh-huh. Zach and I, Zach and I end up going. I think our guide might think that we're crazy, like. We had so Zach and I were like having so much. He's chopping down trees, like kicking them down, and like the guys just looking at us like, "Who are these retards?" Like this is why they don't kill anything. So it was a fun hunt, but yeah, it was just 
there's we just have fun like no matter what we're doing it's like just get out and do it enjoy life have fun doing it and you know if I'm ever hunting and it's like so serious where I can't like enjoy myself, I'm going to go do something else. Yep. 100%. So. 100%. Well, man, I had an absolute blast having you on the show. I really did. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I like, I like having people on that think a lot more like I do. It's, it's kind of refreshing. <laughs> yeah. We're a dying breed. I think yeah, just get out and have fun. Yeah. Get out, live life, drink some beer, shoot some those in the face and have a good time. Yeah. Fucking kill some shit. Like, come on. <laughs> Absolutely. I might make that into a shirt. Just, just fucking kill shit. Yeah. Shut hashtag. Up. Hashtag you know? fucking kill shit. <laughs> fucking kill shit. <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> I bet you people would like it. I bet you they'd buy the hell out of it. <laughs> That's why we made the make hunting great again shirt. You know, it's like go out and start showing shit again. Drink some beer. Shoot something in the face and let's make hunting great again. Yep. Yep. Well, but, sweet man. Uh, well, yeah, like I said, I'd love to have you back on and just just bullshit anytime, about man. more stuff because it was a lot of fun. It really was. I appreciate you coming. We gotta on. get we gotta get Zach on the show. Him and I together. Then you'll have a riot. Dude, I actually he was like he came on a while ago. Um, but it would be awesome to have all three of us. That'd be sweet. Yeah, because we got some stories that he can talk shit. And we'll talk shit about each other. So. Oh, good, good. I, I like talking <laughs> shit, especially especially when somebody's there to back it. Up, like they can we can talk shit together. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That makes it fun. So, well, cool, man. I appreciate the time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to the show. It means a lot to us. But seriously, though, I really appreciate your ear. And it would mean the world to me if you would rate our podcast. If you didn't like it, one star it. But if you did, a five is even better. Don't forget to comment, like, share, and hit that subscribe button. Thanks again for tuning into the show. Be on the lookout for five new weekly podcasts. Monday is our main show. Tuesday is Journey to the Podium. Wednesday is our live podcast as well as the previous week's live podcast recording. Thursday is Stories from the Red Zone, Tips and Tactics, and Gear Review. And Friday is Body D Wiggles. Some other podcasts that you should definitely check out are Eastman Elevated with Brian Barney and Hunt Harvest Health with Ryan and Hillary Lampers. Some other YouTube channels to check out Hardworking Hunter, Sterling's Extremes Outdoors, and Lane Walter Productions. And a special thanks to Maven Optics, Six Sight Gear, Dark Energy Tech, Shield Mountain Outdoors, The Outdoor Insiders, Iron Mind Hunting, Valkyrie Archery, and Gannett Ridge Sporting Equipment.